I get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly about food safety and people that throw away food like one day after the expiration date and what people will eat and what people won't. Yeah. And there was an article that was in the Washington Post that just really struck me and I thought, ooh, Stephanie and I should talk about this because this is something that we both think about a lot. And it is a story that last year, Mom's Organic Market founder and CEO Scott Nash did something that many are afraid to do. He ate a cup of yogurt months after its expiration date and then tortillas a year past their expiration date. He says, I mean, I ate heavy cream, I think 10 weeks past due and then meat sometimes a good month past due. If it didn't smell bad, I just rinsed it off and it was good to go. I don't know how he ate heavy, how he did heavy cream 10 weeks because that stuff smells blue cheesy after a while. I've done it. But it, but when it smells like blue cheese? No, but it lasts so much longer than it says on the carton. Oh, I guess I never, yeah. I. <laughs> you just go by the so smell. So here's the deal, you guys. I mean, I, and, and, and Weekly Dishers, you guys have probably heard shades of this before if we haven't already done this rant. But I grew up with a German mother who didn't, you know, have an American sort of idea of things. And we... Literally, I remember like shaving the blue cheese off of the cheese, orange cheese. Yeah, off yeah, the, just cut the it off. yeah, and that was like that's because she grew up in the war. You guys, the idea that you throw away a good hunk of cheese just because it's got a little fuzz on the top is abhorrent. So that's how I grew up. So that's how I've raised my kids. Which I only there's some of my kids were part time in my house, and then the other half time they may have been in another house in which if it had even close to the date they would throw it away, and that to me is a thing that I've battled my whole life with my children of please don't just throw it away. Smell it. The hard part for now, they don't trust me because they're like, will you smell this? And I smell it and I go, it's fine. And then they go, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) They don't trust me. But I don't believe in, I don't believe in those dates. And I don't believe in them because of the fact. Turns out you might be right because. Might. It turns out the dates on food labels, according to this article in the Washington Post, have little to do with food safety. In many cases, expiration dates do not indicate when the food stops being safe to eat. Rather, they tell you when the manufacturer thinks that the product will stop looking or tasting its best. Yes. So some foods, such as deli meat, unpasteurized milk and cheeses, and prepared foods like potato salad that you don't reheat, probably should be tossed after they're used by dates for safety reasons. But tossing out a perfect, perfectly edible cup of yogurt um, probably isn't necessary. There's this whole, they go into the FDA research about all of the food in landfills. Oh, it's unreal, you guys. There's enough food in landfills that generates carbon dioxide and methane gas that's 28 to 36 times more effective um, at trapping the heat, heat in. in the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, the grocery industry announced a voluntary standard on food date labeling. 
and they narrowed the plethora of date label terms down to two, best if used by and use by. Best if used by describes product quality, meaning that the product might not taste as good past the date, but it's safe to eat. Use by is for products that are highly perishable and should be used or tossed by that date. So they've changed this from when we were little because there's no federal law that requires dates on food except for on infant formulas. Yeah. The FDA said that manufacturers can put whatever terminology they want to convey a health risk. But while the FDA is encouraging the manufacturers to use best if used by as a best practice, it's still not required by law. That's sort of, think about that. It's surprising, number one, that there isn't actually a legal safety standard. Well, the idea, too, is that most of them say, like, the milk, they're like, oh, this milk is bad. I'm like, it says sell by. So that means they know that you're not going to drink it all on that day. So that means that that milk can now sit in your refrigerator for, a, you know, for some a period of time after that date. And the idea of it being, it's all, it all comes down to fear. And this is what I hate. It all comes down to food safety. They don't want to be sued. They don't want this litigious society to sue them, so they're covering their butts. And what are they going to do to cover their butts? They're going to give you this, the, the, the shortest amount of time possible so that you can't possibly get sick from it. Well, and I mean, we're, we're speaking from the layperson's perspective. We're just to cover our butts. We're obviously not like food scientists. No. But if you think about the food scares and the food safety issues we've had, yeah. they have come most commonly from salmonella on things like spinach and strawberries and farm vegetables, not this idea that people are eating rancid meat. Right. Because if you think about it, when you open rancid meat, you can you smell know. it. Yes. And the first bite you take, you're like, oh, wait, whoa. Even then. I mean, there's sometimes where ham. I don't think I've ever oh. tasted. There's a sliminess to some packaged deli hams. That yes. package, like even fresh cut. There's There gets, because I don't ever buy, you know what I mean? I buy it, like I get the guy to get the counter to cut me a pound of ham. Yep. And there's sometimes where they're like, there's a sliminess to it if I bought a pound and you're getting down into it and you're like, and I smell it and I don't smell it, but there's a sliminess to it. And I'm like, there's something breaking down here and I taste it. And it's like, there's a sour quality to it. And I'm like, it's probably not, it's not good anymore. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, you know. I'm not going to hold on to it for another three days, but I have rinsed it off. Oh, me too. I was just going to say, what? You don't just yeah. rinse it off rinse and it eat off it? Rinse it off and eat it. And then I'm like, that's, and then you taste it and you're like, okay, this is fine. I wonder, because your mom was a product of uh, war, the war, depression. Yeah. My mom not was the a depression, product of war. My mom was a product of um, depression parents. Yeah. And certainly Kurt's mom, my husband's mom, she actually remembers living through the Depression and also living through war. So she eats everything. And you do taste things or smell things, but I eat things way longer than I'm supposed to. I just always have. We, yeah. My mom was a kind of a food hoarder. Yeah. So she would, her happy place was going to Byerly's. That was like her epic trip once a week as a mom. She'd yeah. get out and she'd go to the grocery store. And we would buy, we would have two carts usually. Of, we had four kids. So, and my mom cooked a lot. Like she'd cooked a meal every day. But so there was always food in the refrigerator that was past its date, but you still ate it. Yeah. Like we ate cheese and just scraped the stuff off. If you opened up like a can of something and 
you then put that can into a plastic Tupperware or something, and then you open the Tupperware, and there's like a green skim on the top. We just literally scraped that off, like the like the jars of spaghetti sauce and stuff. Yes, you just kind of take whatever is around the lid, scrape it out, throw it the, from the throw tomato that paste. Yeah, that you the never use paste. the all of the tomato never, paste. Never, never. Yeah, yeah. So, and we would scr- and. You're right. I take it at least out of the can and put it into another container. Yeah. But oh, in the always day, take we, them out of cans, though. You shouldn't have cans in your fridge. No. But in the day, we did. We yeah. just covered the can of tomato paste, and yeah. then you'd scrape off the green slimy top and keep going. Yeah. No, I think there's something to say, though, about... I think it's it's to do with the fact of the, the not just the fear-mongering and not just the litigious society, you know, but the anxiety that comes from consumers who are worried that there is poison in everything and that they, that eating will kill them. And I think that's what makes me more sad than anything, not really understanding things and really kind of how that has sort of crippled a lot of us to sort of mistrust all of our food. And I don't, you know, and again, we get into this moment where we talk about GMOs and we don't, we don't know about GMOs and we don't, we haven't taken a firm position on GMOs on this show just because it is it's a tough thing. There's science that says that they don't affect you. There's people who swear that it do or that we don't have enough science yet, the right science. I know that there are studies and then you find out the studies aren't true. So it's hard to know. And I get that's all a piece of this, of the anxiety toward the food. But if you stay within those fresh places and if you tend to get fresher things made by, you know, either local farmers or, you know, those kind of people you can trust and you can see, that's always a better bet to quell that anxiety than it is to throw away good food well and you look at like yogurt yeah okay so there's a little green scum on the top of the yogurt yogurt is sour yogurt has bacteria yeah so just sour cream was always that like when we had like a thing of you know daisy or whatever and it'd be like well it's already sour it's already yeah just keep going it's already spoiled cream (laughs) soured cream (laughs) but i think we are very unusual people I think that the world is not like you and I. No. That they don't just scrape the green, hairy stuff off and keep going. No. They don't rinse off the slimy meat and think they can probably get it if we cook well, it right now. But I will say, too, that I have had moments even, I mean, I, the ang- I'm probably the least anxiety-ridden human, you know, around. And I've had moments where I'm looking at a thing and I'm like, oh, am I going to make Jake sick? Am I going to hurt my kid? And I think about that. You know what I mean? I don't want him to be sick. I don't want him to feel bad and get be, you know. Food poisoned. Yeah. And and this is also coming from a woman who I have food poisoning all the time because of my job. And they are things that I eat, you know, because I eat out so often. There are places that I get food poisoning. It I'm just curious happens. about something that you said. You said that you can taste bad meat that's cooked. Sometimes. Like, has that happened to you where you've yeah. been out to eat and you take a bite of something yeah. and you know that it's, it's just not... off? Huh. It's off. You can taste ammonia in things, you know, and you can taste. There's things that you can. And, and again, if your fish is super fishy that it's not supposed to be, if you smell, you walk into a restaurant and you smell that like that super fishiness, there's a there's a reason for that. And that's the ammonia, you know, and so you have to. You kind of know that. I think I have eaten fish that I've wondered about. Yeah, and I've and and I've gotten sick of things that I have not smelled. Let's be clear. Like I have gotten food poisoning from lettuce more than I can tell you. And the only thing that I knew was at like the bottom of the bowl, I did a crunch on something, and it was a grittiness. And I was like, well, they didn't wash those leaves, and I realized it too late. And that was that was that is the worst sickness I have ever been is from lettuce that has not been washed. Oh, and that's just. 
who knows? That's just like, that's the thing that came from the fields. Right. You know? And so like, that's not anything that you can prevent. And this is the other side of it. It didn't get old. It just wasn't handled correctly. Well, and if you think about like, like uh, Revel Greens, let's just use that as an example. You know, these are greens that have never touched soil. Yeah. So. Right. I mean, if they get slimy, they get slimy. But other than that, yeah. like the package date, I think it says it lasts like three or four days. Yeah. But they've made this packaging that's sort of porous. And I feel like I can keep those greens forever. Well, until the quality starts to der- deride, I I don't ever look at the date. No. Would you Unless like throw it Unless, like, it if away? it gets slimy, I'm like, oh, this is, I picked I the slimy one through. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone throwing away an entire bucket no. of spinach just because there's a couple slimy like bits. Like, I put it in a colander, yeah. and I rinse it, rinse and it? I start picking through yeah. the slimy ones. Yeah. And you, if I'm making something like curry or stew or something where I'm going to cook it anyway, I'll put the slimy ones in. Yeah, I do, too. If I'm going to cook it down, I do, too, because I'm like, you're never going to taste this. And I also need this in here. Um, but here's the other thing. Things that we do ourselves. Like, we make... You know, the hard-boiled egg situation is always funny to me about how every Easter we talk about how everyone asks, how long can you keep them until they reek, people? And I mean, like... That is exactly my point. The whole thing where we always say, well, it says that you have these regulations, like you should keep them up for like a week. Can you imagine throwing away your hard-boiled eggs after a week of Easter? I... No. A month! I, we... (laughs) We have it for the month! We leave them out like pretty much the whole of Easter day. Yeah. Probably the night before, because we've usually done the eggs the day before. So they are out at room temperature, boiled. But if you go to Europe, like, eggs are out yeah, on no. the counter. They don't refrigerate the, the eggs. The, the European refrigerators are small because, A, they shop. They shop, for, you know, Every daily. Day. And they don't, they keep things in room temperature because they go through smaller amounts of it. And there's something to say about that, you know. And... It's just a different whole mentality, but that also breeds our ideas. You know what I mean? About- if you peel an egg and it smells, don't eat it. Don't eat it. If but it's at all slimy it- and weird looking, don't eat it. But it can go a long time yeah. not refrigerated. Right. Sorry, but it can. Well, and but I mean, I'm not even talking about in the refrigerator. Like, oh, that's yeah, the thing forever, is, like, you gone. can have, <laughs> I mean, I've had awkward moments where I'm like, God, has it been two months since Easter? Am I going to eat this? Well, because you would make 96 eggs at I a did. time. I did. Thank God those days are over. Um, and tomato-y things last forever. Yeah. And think of yeah, all the chili. weird packaged goods. Yeah. Like tomato. Tomato, let's just say ketchup. Ketchup has a use, like, an expiration date. That's, Can you imagine that? Ketchup's going to last into, like, roaches. It's going right. to last past humankind. Yeah. As well, most of our packaged foods. And ketchup, you can tell, like, the ones that sits on the tables, the ones, like, in the restaurants, you can tell. And think about it. When you've put ketchup on your plate at a restaurant and it tastes like a little vinegary and bubbly, or it feels like someone put beer in it. I remember always the kids were like, They're a little someone put beer in here. I'm like, no. <laughs> No, that's just bad ketchup. But I mean, even then, you're not going to die from it. No. It's just fermenting a little bit. <laughs> you're not going to like catch a whole ketchup. You and know. it's sort of brick colored. Yeah. Like it's, it's darker. It's, <laughs> it's breaking. Okay. Down. But in Europe too, they give you like mayonnaise packets. Yeah. And mayonnaise with comes with all of your fries or Dijon mayonnaise they use a lot. Yeah. You're in the heat of summer on a beach and there are on your table the ketchup and the mayonnaise bottle. And they have not been refrigerated. No, but that's because uh, the whole you can't have potato salad in the sun is a total wives' tale. Like, that's not a thing. The fact that, like, potato salad with mayonnaise spoils any faster than any other product 
and it's because of the idea of raw eggs. Those any mayonnaise that you are using has been pasteurized beyond that's right a point of rawness. Like it is. Trust me, you're fine. Like oh, mayonnaise on that sandwich, you can't have it. It's been sitting in the car for an hour. No, you're fine. It's fine. You're not going to die from that. People get weirded out by Caesar salad dressing too. If there's again pasteurized, almost always, unless you're in a super fine restaurant. Yeah, you know it is kind of funny though. The things that we worry about are the things. But it's that we been think passed on, and this is what I fear: is that the fear is passed on, and that's how it happens. Like you infect your kid with the fear because you have been infected with the fear. Because who told you? It might have been your parents, but it was most likely the media or like you know a scare tactic for clickbait now. But you know, way back in the day, it's just this idea of like, well, you can't eat mayonnaise and a potato salad at a picnic. You can't do that. Nobody questions why. None of us ever wonder why. You just know it. That's a thing you just know. You've been told. Yep. And that's my my bigger pet peeve of everything is the fact that we have become the people who just listen and accept the fear. And <laughs> the you never, Well, and we don't dig into the reasons why. Figure out the why and then judge for yourself. Don't always just listen to, you know... The big stuff. And who would have thought that you'd be getting sick from spinach, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, a lot of the right. recalls when are... When the green onions on the Taco Bell stuff, remember that? That's right. I was like, I didn't even think about green onions. I didn't yeah, even think and that, about it. Yeah, and it's not the things that you... Th- you're worried about mayonnaise, yet yeah. it's the spinach in your spinach clam. Right, and you'd be like, but this salad can sit here forever, and it has nothing to do with sitting there or not sitting there. Yeah. It's because it's got, you know, E. coli. It's kind of interesting. Um... I think too, and I'll be curious to see. I don't. I think you always think you get food poisoning when a lot of times you actually have the flu, like that twenty-four hour flu bug. Because real food poisoning lasts more than a day, typically. I disagree. Actually, it depends. It's very dependent on what you ate, how you ate, and the level. So of how infection. do you know? Because like, if you get exposed to the stomach flu, it comes on really fast. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, my kid had the stomach flu." Two hours later, I'm feeling horrible. Like, it's I harder. Think sometimes it's hard to know. Yeah. I mean, like, I if it's if it's within a family and there's multiple people who didn't eat the same thing, I think, yeah, obviously that's the flu. Yep. But I feel like there's a couple different. Let me just tell you the story of my worst, uh, and I won't get gross with it, I promise, but my worst, worst, worst food poisoning was I was in Florida opening a restaurant, and uh, we were all having our pre, you know, first day, like, dinner out with the trainers and everything else. We were in, in uh, at this outdoor, beautiful patio situation. They set up this huge deck. This is a very fine restaurant. I ordered the beef tartare, and I love beef tartare. I love it. And I ordered the beef tartare, and I drank a ton of tequila that night. And I woke, and then in the middle of the night, I was like, I am I am sick. Like, I, I was like, I'm going to puke. I'm totally going to puke. And uh, I thought it was the tequila. And so I, I don't like puking, so I forced myself not to. <laughs> I regretted that more than anything I've ever regretted in my lifetime. Because what happened was then, uh, if I would have gotten rid of the food, I probably would have been better. But in, I probably wouldn't have been as badly hit as I did. But the next day, I kind of was like, well, I'm hungover, clearly. But I got to my job, and I was sort of like working through it and everything else. But I was feeling gross and everything. And, you know, I got the rest of everything else left. Let's just leave it as that. But there was... Uh, in my midsection, like where your abdomen is, you know, where like your muscles, your supposed, your, where people have six packs, not me. Um, <laughs> that was sort of tight. It was cramped and tight and it was, it was long. It was cramped and tight. And I was like, I couldn't eat 
a cracker, an oyster cracker, without feeling it and then losing it. And uh, I started to get a fever, and I was like, I'm sick. I'm totally – I felt like I was – I had the flu. Like, I went and got, like, Dayquil and yeah. all the rest. And I realized that – finally, I realized it, that that was foodborne illness. That was – I had an infection from that tartare that night because it was either undercooked or whatever – it wasn't undercooked. It was raw. Yeah. But I had assumed that they had done safe handling procedures. It was a 90-degree night. I don't know how hot – how long that had been sitting out. I didn't – I didn't equate all that together because I trust rest. I usually trust restaurants and it was a fine restaurant, but that's kind of my point too. I don't know how you can ever fully be, you can't be safe from everything. No. So and I, do you still order steak tartare? I absolutely order Me steak too. tartare. I but do. I, but if you think about it, it's yeah. like, wow, that's kind of risky. Well, and then you mix an egg yolk too. onto it too. Yeah. So I, but I mean, for that moment I knew, and I'm going to give you one more story because that moment is when I realized it's the cramping because, and it's the continual, like that bacteria was infected in my system and I had to like, I had to wait to flush it out and to get it all done. And it took me a couple days, Yeah. but there's been other times where I was at a restaurant and I ate something and I, after swallowing it, I was like, oh my God, that was raw chicken. And I didn't, and at that point I was like, okay, well this could go either way. Like it could be fine, could be fine. Um, and it could not be fine, you know? And I basically kind of poo-pooed it. I felt fine the rest of the night. I was fine. I went to bed. I woke up the next day. I was feeling a little bit crampy and I was like, I don't know. It's just could be like, I just have a stomach ache. It could be gas. It could be nothing. By the middle of the second day, I had the middle of the body cramping. I was sweating. I was starting to feel like I was going to get a fever. I was hosting Twin Cities Live. <laughs> with Elizabeth Reese. And I stood there and I nutted through that thing and I had not lost any of my, I hadn't lost it yet. I basically told her, I'm like, we're going to be lucky to get through this and it's going to be fine. I'm not going to, I'm going to be great, but I'm just telling you the second that I am done recording with you, I'm out of here. And that's exactly what happened. And I got home and I lost it all. And I just, and then I was on the couch with a fever for the next day and then I was done. Oh, stuff. That sounds horrid. Yeah. So those are the things I feel like, and I get it, but I mean, like, again, it sucks. I don't want anyone to go through that, but I haven't, you know, I don't know. And then I wonder, am I building, have I built up, you know, antibodies because of that? I always think like a little bit of bacteria in your gut is supposed to be good to kind of get there to the right kind of bacteria. I'm not saying that that's the same thing. I'm just saying that you kind of, you build your stomach up. Do you freak out like about food waste in general? Like, do you I ever feel look bad? At, yes. I mean, so do I. Yeah. Do you know that that is the number one thing between Jake and I that I kind of get like, I get angry when I'm like, I thought I bought this because you wanted to eat it. And now I'm throwing it away. And I hate that. I hate it. I hate the waste of money. I hate the idea that it's going to the landfill. I do compost. So most food goes into a compost situation, which is great. But still, it's the packaging. It's the it's the yeah. money. It's the money and the packaging is the part that I hate, too. That There's is just a lot of nothing. packaging for things, too. Yeah. When you just, when you're putting your food away and just all of the packaging stuff, it's like, wow. When the water that went into it, think about all those things. And then... And like for it to have not been used correctly. That's what was a I just watching that they were like a thousand gallons of water makes a sausage. Yeah. Oh, big little lies. They, yeah. it was kind of a funny segment where they were teaching the second graders about um, sustainability. And one of the kids had an anxiety attack because she's worried the world's ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, that's what, you know, and that's what, that's actually the whole impossible meat. You know, the impossible burger. Their point is not to like make you, their point is not to 
serve you vegan and like make you eat a plant. Their point is to take more beef out of production. They want you to sub in one impossible burger, even for one of your, or anybody really, but the veggie burgers, you know, in particular, so that you don't, so that there's one less cow that needs 10,000, you know, gallons of water. It's so hard to say that though. And this is why I think when we started out this conversation talking about the fear. So let's just say. But you're right. That the cow uses X amount of water to make a steak, right? Yeah. But now you, we won't use Impossible Burger. We'll just say like you generic black bean burger. Okay. Okay. Like how much money does it take you to make the wheat that you're putting in that black bean burger to right. grow the bean that you're putting in that black bean burger to make the packaging right. that you're putting for the cardboard that you're going to wrap and the piece of plastic that you're going to put that puck in. Like, I don't, I'm not an expert here, but just as a regular consumer, I'm not sure that all those things combined use any more electricity, water, or breathe more methane than the cow. Well, all things considered. Right. I mean, beans obviously aren't breathing methane, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, so the, the soil needs tilling, right? The, like if you broke down. It is a zero. Yeah, I know. The idea of putting your, you know, your, your, your drive behind one topic is dangerous. And, and I just don't know if anybody, I'm sure that science is out there, but I don't know. I can't be just totally overwhelmed by those choices or I will not be able to shop in a store. But maybe that's also where that we're talking about you have to dig a bit deeper. You have to learn things and, you know, you have to sort of find out so that you can make those choices instead of just waiting for someone to tell you those things. Yeah. And is it better to like use up like if I make a if I buy a chicken I buy a whole chicken and I use the back and I use the innards and I feed some to my dog and I make broth and I try to do all the things that I can within my reasonable amount of control yeah to make a good choice yeah and to be a good steward but I'm also not gonna tip over and just be like oh I can't buy anything with packaging and you know you do your best yeah and there's a store that opened up you know, in Terra Market. Yeah. Yeah. That has no packaging. And I thought that was interesting. I don't. And I know a friend of mine who really tried. She made a plan. She said, I don't I'm going to not buy anything with plastic for the next year. And so that was her goal is to go shop wherever she could to get the things that, that had zero plastic on them. They they do a great job at that market. Yeah. I've not been in there. I should go. It's check really it out. you'd like it. It's very yeah. interesting. It's a lot of bulk things. It's just a lot of alternative packaging ideas. Mm-hmm. Um. It's great. But yet again, there here's the moment of where we get, you know, the study that just came out that says that the military uses 300,000 barrels of oil a day. And then we're trying to not drink from plastic straws. You understand? Like, it's, it's, it's a wrongheaded marketing campaign. Like, it's basically lulling us into a sense that we're doing something right by not buying packaging and not using plastic straws when our, you know, bigger factions and companies and all these things are burning through. It's like it's like we put out the flame of a candle in a burning house. Yes. So this is where it's like it kind of gets a little frustrating because you feel like you're trying so hard and yet nothing is going to help that. Right. So, I hear what you're saying but, there. And, and then it can you, get overwhelming. It can get overwhelming. Again, the fear of all of that is like is palpable. So then you have to kind of figure out how you're going to deal with that on your daily life. And then, and I have to say, can I just give you a shout out for a moment for the fact of we often deal with your anxieties here on this podcast and the fact that you have no problem eating expired yogurt is a huge step, I think. (laughs) Okay. But do you use paper or plastic? Oh, paper every time. 
See, I use paper too, and I have read that actually it uses more energy and more things to make paper than it does to make the plastic. Uh, but I, so, but plastic, those plastic bags are not recyclable. Yeah. Whereas paper is. So and I don't know why that would be, or compostable. I, and the paper, like I use paper bags for everything. I use them to like dry fish. I use yeah. them to wash windows. Well, like, And we uh, also then donate our access to interfaith outreach in YZ, by the way, which is a food shelf that uses plastic bags. Oh, so or I mean, go. uses paper bags, paper bags. Yeah. Okay. So we make sure that they kind of get it. You know, multiple uses at least. Yeah, I use the paper bags a lot. I know. I feel like cabin. that is better than natural is better than. I do plastic. Too, I don't know why, but I'm not, and I'm not against plastic per se. To be clear, I know that there's life saving things that plastic has done sure. as, as a thing. I just think it's also created a convenience. When it's a convenience model, I have a problem with it. Where it's like it's too convenient for, you know, if and it's a recyclable. I'm just gonna. Does like, anybody use styrofoam anymore? Yes, and why? Why can't we stop using styrofoam? Like that's just there's no reason for styrofoam right now. There's a million alternatives. I'm Where sure it's expensive. It? Is it just like takeout containers? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's expensive to not use styrofoam. I get that, but then you should just pass that cost along. Well, they also have those containers that are and I would say this is like goes back to our farmers who are growing corn for fuel and for, you know, using it for plates and using it for spoons yes. and and for different types of and things. And bamboo. Yeah. There's tons of bamboo alternatives. So it's all working towards it. It's just as it's just, it's a slow roll. This is our sustainability is, message. I guess our... this is like eat, <laughs> eat expired foods and, you know, don't use styrofoam. So we're fearing you. We're taking the fear out of one thing and putting it into another for you. So there you go. Because you know what? dichotomy of what is the weekly dish. <laughs> we are nothing if not off the cuff. <laughs> and flawed humans. All right. That's the episode for this week. Have a great week. Ciao, ciao. Soon.